0: Hello and welcome to the Healthy Entrepreneur Club podcast. Our guest today is Camilla Collins. Camilla has several successful businesses in the hair and beauty industry, as well as being a speaker and coach around business and self-confidence. Camilla has worked with some incredible businesses and even turned her hand to competitive fitness, which you'll hear about during this episode. Good morning, Camilla. How are you doing? Thank you for joining us.
1: Good morning, Freddie. Uh, Thanks for having me. It's super awesome to be here.
0: Great to have you. I want to jump in and just straight away say to you, is it fair to say that you are quite into the psychology of people?
1: I find people fascinating. So yes, um, yeah, absolutely. It's fair to say that. Um, Psychology has really always fascinated me. Um, Why we do the things that we do, why we are the way that we are. Um, And I, I feel Yeah, I mean, I think I've been working on my self-awareness for many, many years in order to just like uncover sort of a lot of the motives and and the reasons why I do things. Um, And I just find a lot of people watching as well. You know, I find it fascinating to see that kind of play out in in others.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is why I think you and I get on so well, because we have a similar interest in sort of people and why they do certain things. I was actually at an event last night and one of the people I was speaking to, she was into a lot of similar things. And turns out that she is literally a psychologist, a clinical psychologist. And some of those things that she was able to explain in terms of why people do certain things and why we mirror. So, you know, when you're stood with someone at a bar and after a while, you'll sort of sync up and you'll start doing similar things to them. I just I just find it so interesting. And as we take that into sort of self-confidence, where we're going to go in this conversation and also business. It becomes more and more powerful. Um, And, you know, a lot of the stuff that I know about you and read about you is that you're you were super creative and curious from a young age. Right. So. Working, working back from that, what is the story that took you into the hair and makeup industry?
1: How long we got? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so, so yeah, I was really, I was heavily into my art at school. Like, I love creating. I still do now, um, although I really should let myself play a little bit more um, on the art side of things. But, yeah, and I'm, I'm definitely a creative person. I'm really, I think art was a way of me expressing myself um and and again if you know thinking about sort of you know psychology and self-awareness and sort of digging within and trying to work things out I think art was kind of my way of doing that so I was I was into art school um I was also into uh, theater as well um performing um and yeah just really just really enjoyed again this sort of interpreting um interpreting things and and just yeah making just creating things and and Performing and creating something out of nothing, which you can obviously do with characters, with acting um, and also through through art pieces. So, so when I left school, uh, it was art school or drama school for me. And I didn't think I was thick skinned enough for drama school. So I ended up choosing art school and I went to Central Saint Martins um, <clears throat> and did my art foundation there and absolutely hated it. Uh, I just I had so much nurturing at school and a really great art teacher. Uh, I don't know if many schools really prepare you for university. I'm not sure university really prepares you for work. There's like a, someone needs to bridge the gap between the two, like <laughs> there. But I, yeah, I did my art foundation, really didn't enjoy it. However, um, I was technically at a really, you know, a top um, university in, in the art world. And they'd offered me a place on what they call compact scheme, which is the earlier than all the other universities and i was applying for like leads i wanted to also get out of london um because i was going a little bit off the rails in with the wrong crowd doing some of the wrong things um and sort of going down this this spiral and i think the lack of security um and direction with uni obviously wasn't helping me at all in, in sort of that state but the the long and the short is I freaked out. I thought I might have nowhere to go if I don't accept this place where I'm at, and then I don't get anywhere else. So I, I stayed there. Um, I did a design for um performance degree. Well, I say I did. I started. I lasted one whole term, and I was straight out of there, and I, I was just like, this isn't, you know, for me. I just wanted to stand on my own two feet, you know, get some money and have a bit of security, get a nine-to-five job. That's kind of what I wanted. So, that's What I went off and did, um, and that didn't last very long either because very quickly I realized that uh, this yeah, it office kind of work and it just wasn't for me. I just felt very uncomfortable. I had like ants in my pants. If I got given a task, I'd do it in like record time. i you know, it was just it just yeah, it just wasn't for me. I felt like a bit of a yeah, very uncomfortable kind of sitting in an office. So, um, that obviously didn't help mental state either. Um, and then as I said, this kind of this whole things sort of spiraled out of control Um, and sort of going into my personal story a bit, you know, it kind of led me uh, into rehab just before my 21st birthday um, for substance and alcohol abuse, which is like cocaine mainly um, and yeah, and alcohol and just got a bit of a mess. I got a bit of a mess. Um, So I went into rehab, I was in the addiction treatment program for a month, um, which is how long how long it is. It's, it's four weeks at the Priory um in North London. And I was in there over Christmas in the year. And so basically, when I came out, I was starting from scratch, really. And uh, there's a real beauty in that. Um, as much as I was a very broken person, like I was in pieces, I guess, like I had to put myself back together. But you know, when <clears throat> when you're when you've got nothing to lose, then you can you know, you have that kind of you can just start from anywhere. You're not trying to hold on to anything because I'd kind of lost sort of everything really and lost myself in the process. But again I got to read my rebuild myself and I started thinking about my you know what I enjoyed doing what my strengths were you know what I could possibly want to do with the rest of my life um, because obviously I've got to work so you know what kind of career would I might want to do and that's when I thought back to my arts um, at school and just the things that lit me up as a child you know sort of creating and it was thinking about my artwork and actually the the subject of my artwork and it's really interesting because I've realized later on um now but I've actually all my artwork very much was, I like mixed media, it was all a little bit disturbing, I was always distorting bodies and and faces, um, and just, you know, playing with the boundaries uh, of of things, and kind of making things sort of grotesque, or interesting, or, you know, just, just kind of moving, changing things around, and so it was because of that, because of the distorting of bodies and faces, that I was trying to, like, what career would that be, and I was like, ah. prosthetics like prosthetic makeup um so that's really how I kind of got to there and I ended up going to train at a place called uh grease paint which is not there anymore um but it was a yeah really really great makeup school and that's where my makeup career kind of started and that was in 2009 um or 2010 I think yeah graduated in 2010 um, and that's, that's how I got into makeup, the very long story of it.
0: <laughs> but it's, it's actually really interesting, obviously, looking back on that story, because you can see quite clearly, the journey that you've come through and why certain things come together, right? So, you know, later, we'll talk about self confidence and, and where that's come from and what the work you're doing there, but also the art side of it and the interest in psychology. Um, you know, it's so interesting to see how it all plays together. And do you think that, you know, tying those things together, the art and the psychology, it is one of the things that brought you to doing this sort of makeup journey. And actually, are you a people person? Would you say you'd like to be around people or are you more of a people watcher?
1: A a bit of both, because I am a bit of an introverted extrovert or an extroverted introvert, Mm -hmm. I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, Yeah. I, yeah, I, I do like being around people. I I find um I find I get drained very easily, um and yeah that's something interesting again on like a self awareness level I'm like that's just really interesting I just get you know drained and more so with with around some people but I find if I really need to come back and sort of recharge and I think that's quite a common thing for an introverted character however I'm a Leo and I love a party hence my previous days that got me into a bit of trouble, yeah, um, trouble. You know, that's still in me, <laughs> and you know I like to to go and have a good fun and socialize and I need to kind of run away and recover for like a few days uh but yeah no I just um yeah I enjoy I think there's there's links everywhere isn't there there's links if you know if we look back far enough we can join the dots and this is why I really encourage people to reflect and reflect often um, and, you know, keep reflecting sort of year on year, because, you know, things like journaling, if you look back, you can see things that are written down, you're like, oh, well, actually, you know, I was that's changed from then or actually that links back to that and this time this year. And you can see these patterns emerging when we reflect back on things. And I think that's actually a really powerful tool for, for self-awareness.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't I don't do journaling in the sort of the normal sense, but I will record like how I'm feeling how the business has done, what I've been doing in terms of food and activity in a really simple spreadsheet or something, just because I think things affect you like way more than you think. So if you've had like a really bad day in the business, I genuinely think it'll be, if you look at the last three three days, week or whatever it is, if you look at the food, the exercise, the you've been around and what you've actually done, I think there's always a story to be told and people, they don't reflect enough to understand that, to so then learn, learn and take it forwards. I think I genuinely think it's um it's really interesting. You mentioned there that you're a Leo. Is that something that you think is super related to, to you as a person? Do you do you take note of the star signs?
1: I I don't really. And I guess, no, that's probably more what, you know, people have told me when, you know, like, oh, when, when you know, what's our Sunday, Leo? Oh, that makes sense. And, and again, <laughs> you start picking up these things, don't you? And they form part of your belief. So you've just pointed out a yeah. you know, belief that I have that actually, no, I'm not really into star signs, but so many people have said that to me that I'm like, <laughs> oh, actually that I'm like this because of this. Um, so, you know, even that I find fascinating. We have to be really careful about what we're picking up um off of other people and kind of adopting into our identity it's like well actually is that true or is that just yeah. something that we've had so many impressions on us of it that therefore we believe it to be true
0: um yeah I agree but the reason because the reason I say that is because I was interested and I was going to ask you if you knew what so I'm an Aries but I don't know what that means so I was going to be like wow what can you tell me about me so it's almost the psychology of me then being like hmm what do you know yeah, I mean, the psychology of how we think and, and the sort of the things that title together is super interesting. I really want to ask you about your, your first business, right? So that first business, when you decided to go out on your own, can you talk about that for a little while?
1: Sure. Uh, oh. So, yes. Yeah, so that would be hair and makeup, which has now evolved into an agency and it's called <clears throat> CJC Hair and Makeup now. But it was Camilla J. and hair and makeup artist. So I've just taken my initials. Um, and yeah I changed that to in 2019 trying to sort of pull myself out a little bit of it um, and detach myself maybe something but we'll go into later Uh, but yeah my first my first business was yeah I was a freelancer really freelance hair and makeup artist Um, I was trained in tv film and theater uh, hair and makeup at Grease Paint I we had a little wedding bit we learned continuity so i learned a bit of hair cutting you do not want me to cut your hair i'm awful at it but more for like tv film work continuity so kind of basic skills Um we had like a little bit of a fashion bit then we obviously learned a few about like the 1920s 30s 40s you know popular look but then we as i say there was this little bridal section that we did and i really loved it and i was like oh i think i want to do you know i think i want to do bridal hair and makeup because then i thought oh you know brides and you know a nice day and it, it'll be fun and i remember the tutor saying um to us all like you know if it's if you're doing brides then you're going you know, to be working every single weekend and i was thinking oh no i don't want to be working every weekend um i, w- I want my life and little did i know that when you enter the filming industry like that's like life over <laughs> it's never, <laughs> never my weekends like it's just full on. um so, so yeah, I started off in the filming industry and was just kind of building my portfolio, really trying to create a showreel, work collaborating mm. um, with with people and, you know, working for expenses or, or box money, which is just where they cover your expenses just for your kit, really, which is usually like, mm. like 20 quid or something a day, 25 quid. Um, and the long and short is, you know, I was, I was enjoying that to a certain degree, um, but I felt like didn't know if I was getting anywhere and to be honest you have to work for free for two to three years before you get your foot in the door because again like everything in life Freddie, it's not what you know it's who you know and during that time you know yes you're building your own confidence in in your skills and your your artistry you're also building up your portfolio that you can present to people to say look I've worked on x y and z and here's what I'm capable of but really I think it's down to the the connections um that you make and and in fairness I did actually meet um a woman who got me onto i think a pot and noodle commercial um she was giving she she gives back like once or twice a year to students and works on like student projects um and that's her thing and i met her working on a student project so it was just kind of pure chance and luck really um and then she got me to work on a on a pot noodle commercial and then I was obviously meeting people kind of higher up in the game. Um and got introduced to someone's agent. Um so, you know, I was kind of heading in that direction. And uh but what happened was I assisted on uh, a few weddings and just really So it wasn't until I was basically exploring other options of work and I I always was on the computer actually um you know looking for more things to collaborate on or you know more works refreshing job boards and things and I came across this um woman or makeup artist rather that needed um some help with with a wedding and I was like oh let me try that um and the long and short is that I it just didn't feel like work Freddie like when when I went to that wedding morning and I was with those girls and I was you know doing their hair and makeup uh it just didn't feel like work at all and I came away from that day and, and also <laughs> and also I got like given cash in my hand which is something I hadn't really seen very much you know with all this kind of working for free um and I just yeah came away and I just thought you know what I think this is what I'm meant to be doing that's kind of what what I felt um in my heart and I, and I think that you know is very much because of the energy kind of in the room mm-hmm. and and the The people that i was working with and and this is why i believe that it you know it's actually as much as makeup artistry is great it's more about the people for me um and energy Mm. is also like super super important as well uh so that's that's kind of how my bridal business began and i built that up um just me for uh, a year or two and yeah i moved on to kind of exploring the agency idea Quite early on, because weddings are very seasonal. So you only really work in the summer. I think people get married all over the year a bit more now. Um, but when I was starting out, sort of, you know, 2010, 11, 12 time, um, you know, it was, it was a bit more seasonal. And so you get frustrated where all your marketing efforts, your energy, your time, your money goes into, you know, trying to get inquiries through and you get four for one day and you can only do one because you can only be in one place at a time. Um, and I just thought this doesn't really make sense. So what if, you know, I was to get a little team together um, and just, yeah, still be able to make a bit of money from from those bookings that I wasn't able to take on. And that's how, how the agency started. And, and it was called Camilla J. Con and Makeup uh, up until 2019. So for, for quite a while. And then I just, I rebranded to CJC um, because I wanted to create my own brand page to so started moving on to, to other things and things that I do now. Um, mm-hmm. just re-up my own name um, and give it back to me for, for, you know, all the other stuff that I wanted to do.
0: It's so cool. And, you know, part of the brand, or at least your personal brand that I see you, uh, you know, posting about talking about is not to stay in your lane and that it's your birthright to have fun. And it sounds like, you know, that you're, it's a super successful business now, right, at CJC. And do you think that, that that by not staying in your lane and by having all that experience and then taking what you've learned from university and art and then also through you know the the media makeup and then seeing that you wanted to have more fun and you could have such an impact in the wedding industry but actually that you had the experience of you know a different type of art form do you think that's part of what's pushed you towards so much success
1: i think i just i just don't like rules i never have i never have (laughs) I just, I don't see why we should play by the rules. I don't think we can have much fun if we do play by them all the time. I mean, obviously there's like laws in place for reasons and, <laughs> you know, certain rules, but it's so much more fun kind of bending the rules. And and I think more so now, Um, there's so much opportunity for us all, you know, years and years ago. And, and it's a general, you know, my my parents, or probably more so my mum, like struggles to kind of understand, you know, can't, can't you just pick one thing and just, you know, stay calm and just, you know, do your career and, you know, find a, a nice partner and get married and just do the normal thing. And it's like, I'm not. No, <laughs> I can't. I don't want it that way. Um, but also because there's so much opportunity and why why pick one thing? Why stick to one thing? Um, and, you know, things don't everything moves at such a fast pace now, doesn't it? And there's you know lots of opportunity. And in terms of running a business these days and marketing, you've got to be a social media you know especially in the early stages before you're outsourcing it you know marketing manager you want a podcast for your business you've got to be like a speaker like you know there's all these things in order to run a business that these are the skills that you have to get good at so um of course naturally it's going to potentially sort of go into to other areas but i think i think our unique power um is in is well, our power is our uniqueness. So, and you know, we each, our individuality, like that's kind of our gift. And I think when we start, you know, trying to stick to Elaine and play by the rules, um, we lose our we disempower ourselves um, and we're not kind of tapping into everything that we've got. And only when we do that, can we do the best work that we can and also be like innovative and create like new stuff um, and, you know, change people's lives. You know, solve meaningful problems, um, and and you know, change the world in, you know, and on a on a larger scale. So that's why, I just think it's really important not to stick in your lane, um, and and also just have it's the way of having the the most fun doing it.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, you know, this this episode, I really want to make it around that self confidence because you know you you talk a little about personal image and and self confidence with with your clients now, and I think you could you know. I'd love actually to hear from you. How do you believe that, apart from the coaching that you're doing now, to start with, how did the makeup side of it benefit people's self-confidence and make you see that connection that you're like, I'm actually able to give people so much confidence on their, their special day or before they go out on, on set? And how could you see that, that was that was creating that 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 feeling and, and you know giving them that power?
1: So I think you know, makeup is great as a tool um And you know the same with fashion and things like that. You know we have all these great tools that are great to give us that little boost of confidence, but we have to carry ourselves after that. So it's kind of getting off the starting block, I think, with these things. And you know, I, I say this all the time. I realised really early on in my um career as a makeup artist is that the conversations that took place in the the makeup chair were arguably more important than the makeup was being applied. And I used to joke that I could probably send someone, not that I ever would, down the aisle looking like a clown, as long as, you know, we didn't still, you know, that had that conversation and kind of, you know, making them feel like really confident and and great within themselves. And I just think the words and the stories and and stuff that takes place is more important than than, um, what, you know, what they kind of see in the mirror is how they feel. Um, and just having that conversation is just more important, I think, than than the makeup. But it's a great tool for someone at home. You know, a swipe of lipstick can suddenly make you feel like, you know, ready for the day, uh, ready to, you know, nail that pitch or, or whatever. Um, and, you know, it's all to do with your self-image as well. And there's a, there's a great book called uh, Psycho-Cybernetics um, by Maxwell um, Maltz, which goes into... Uh, all of all of this like kind of our self image and it and he was basically a surgeon that had, you know, done these surgeries for people and found that afterwards, um, so say they've you know had something wrong with their no that they thought they had something wrong with their nose, they wanted to fix that, he'd fix it, they look completely different and they'd be like, it's no different. And he'd be like, what? I'm looking at it. And because the problem wasn't, you know, the problem was in their heads. Right. The problem wasn't actually what the the thing was and they were projecting whatever it was into that thing, whether it's their nose or, you know, part of their their face. And this is quite a I had a conversation a while ago with um, a friend of mine is a a psychotherapist who um, was talking about, you know, how very much we can like put sort of trauma into a physical feature of our face or or our bodies or something or kind of hold all that, harbour all that kind of negative feeling from like childhood or something like that um, and just put it, you know, into a certain feature of ourselves. So really a lot of it, I think, is to do with the mind. Um, and that's what really kind of fascinated me. And I think over time, I just felt like I wanted to make a bit more of lasting change with people rather than just sort of a quick fix for for a day, for a wedding, for a party or or something like that.
0: Sure. So you you literally learn that the impact you're having, you could, you could literally use a placebo effect of what you're putting on them and actually have the real impact with the conversation and their mindset. It's quite amazing. And you've written a book about it, right?
1: I have. Yes. Called hashtag no filter needed. Um, and yeah, I think that was me. I was in, I was at kind of crossroads um, in 2019 was it 2019? Yeah. Um, and I did a business accelerator, which you know about with Daniel Priestley, um, then which focused on the five P's. One of them is P for Publish. Um, and yeah, so I ended up publishing a book through that kind of nine month or sort of after the nine month programme that I did. Um, and and really, because the whole, you know, that whole program was really about kind of mining the gold within you and finding out, you know, what what you're about, what really lights you up. Um, and sort of becoming a key person of influence in your in your industry, um, that's you know kind of the aim of the game. I took it as I just want to become a key person of influence, full stop, because I wasn't sure about my industry. <laughs> I didn't know if I wanted to be part of my industry, and also was I part of the wedding industry or was I part of the beauty industry, um, or you know wedding and events industry. So I mean that book that I that I wrote was kind of my. The more I kind of dug around, the more I realized that I was actually pretty pissed off um at the beauty industry and the way the you know the kind of the way it was going the more and more products it was bringing out and pushing upon us and you know when I got asked to write blogs for for sites they were always like can we have product recommendations and I used to get like a little bit annoyed because I'm like it's all the same shit <laughs> like it's coming out the same factory most of the times you know but- for instance, like brushes, Mac brushes, you know, they're just branded, but they come out the same factory and then you just pay over the odds for for the brand name, you know, which is it happens all the time with stuff. But it was just I just wanted to kind of open people's eyes up to that because I felt like it was just ramping up, you know, speed. And it happens in all marketing where, you know, m- marketers will play on our insecurities in order to coerce us into a purchase. Um, that's what marketing is really making us kind of feel lack, but I just found the beauty industry just to to be particularly more damaging. And as much as there was great technology coming out of it, um, and, you know, really great treatments that could help people, uh, you know, where do you kind of draw the line in, in doing more harm, than goods and kind of, you know, pushing people into wanting things more. And I think with the rise in social media as well, which I also cover in in the book, um, you know, people are constantly comparing themselves to others, uh, and they're constantly, you know, we had the like the contouring technique, which technically is a drag technique, been around for years, um, you know, for for makeup and, and changing the facial features um or the bone structure rather of the face. Yet Kim Kardashian sort of puts it on and everybody like loves it. And then you just Mm -hmm. you look at the Instagram accounts and everybody looks identical because they're using the same technique that's changing the bone structure. Um and that's where you know everybody's losing their individuality and also trying to be like everybody else. And it was just from seeing that that's, you know, why I wanted to kind of put the book out there to to say, you know, look, and it starts off by looking at how we've used changing our pyramids to solicit power and status for thousands and thousands of years it's nothing new and saying you know look we do this and it's okay because that's you know what we do and you were talking about mirroring weren't you um earlier on in the conversation and you know that need for connection we want to feel connected to others we want to be like others we don't want to be cast out from the pack like there's a lot of stuff and psychology going on there um as well but you know just saying this is happening, but actually this is really what's going on. And, and here's, you know, there's a beauty bullshit busting section of the book. You know, here's what the marketers are actually playing at. And here's what statistics really mean. Um, and how about we, we dig within you, um, and just, yeah. you know, have a look at all the, all the stuff that you've got going on that actually no one can take away from you because you were born with that and you might have forgotten. Because you have got swept up with the way kind of life is and distracted and, you know, played upon by everything going on. But if we can get you back to you and get you back to that, then we can build, you know, your confidence from from the inside out rather than the outside in. And you'll feel much better.
0: Exactly. And as as Daniel Priestley would say, you're standing on a mountain of value, which is what we, we've talked about and learned about together. Right. So, you know, everyone has that, that value within them. And it's that self-confidence piece, which is fundamentally what. What you're talking about right so there's so much psychology in makeup and why people put it on so they can fit in and they can they, can, they compare to one another comparison is the thief of joy but fundamentally you are looking for that self confidence to be like oh, I look I look better today I can go out I can hold my head high because i'm I've been able to change my appearance and I think I look better and I fit in better it's a self confidence piece right and I think you have broken it down really well into some elements as well that I really like um you broke them down the element of confidence into self image uh, your environment, your habits, and your routine, and obviously we've covered self-image there a little bit. But you know, I'd like to refer back to your journey. You know, your health mm-hmm. and fitness journey that you've been on over the last few years, and how you sort of developed that that sort of part of your life to to improve your own self-image, if it's fair to say, or you know, the confidence from within on that as that as part of that um, sort of four elements that you broke it down into.
1: Sure. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think the, I mean, going back to the whole, I've been obsessed with like transformation, you know. As I said, with my artwork and and things like that when I was a, a kid, and and so you know, with my fitness journeys, kind of fell, fallen into a little bit of bodybuilding, um, and you know, it was a lockdown diet that got out of hand really. Although I did do a show back in two thousand eighteen once, um,
0: but I was gonna say you gotta know, say like a, it's a lockdown thing, like you did pretty well.
1: Yes. <laughs> kind of yeah got got going with it so no it was it was good you know but that was the thing and I noticed in in lockdown it was so easy to stick to that diet and to be focused because there were no distractions we had you didn't have you know you weren't rushing around all over town and you know still doing a little bit of work but you know people weren't saying oh come out to eat and come out to drink and, and that focus is like amazing and if you can get grab a bit of that then it you know it's it's great um because you can really get traction on yourself or, or with something. Um, but, you know, going back to, you know, everything, I think the the thing is like confidence comes from, you know, stability and feeling stable and stability. It's like building a house, you know, brick by brick, layer by layer. Like you've got to put that good foundations as well in. And like your foundations are your routine, your habits, um, So in the work that I do, you know, I talk a lot about sorting out your basic needs and getting that kind of running on automation. So, you know, you're not going to have a perfect week diet wise or nutrition wise rather. Um, But, you know, even if it's 50 percent of the time or, you know, as long as it's high, 55 percent, 60 percent is, you know, better better than having it the other way around and meal prepping and things like that and just being aware of like nutrition and preparing your meals in advance like you know what's coming and eating regularly drinking regularly like water and i know some people struggle to to drink water but once you build it into a habit like it becomes automation you don't have to think about it and so it's that initial effort that seems like and you were talking about tracking things earlier Freddie about um Mm -hmm you know what you eat and how you sleep and working that out people think oh god I can't be after that that's going to take forever you only need a couple of weeks of doing it and then it's just your thing that you do and then you get all this data afterwards and you know exactly where you're at and you feel much more confident in your actions because you know what your actions are going to produce and kind Mm -hmm. of it's the same thing with sorting out you know your your um, routine out your habits your sleep time wake time water nutrition all of that um, and I think so I have a, my methodology of the five eyes Um the, the, the first one is intervention, kind of staging the intervention with yourself. But the, the main ones are interruptions. So interrupting negative thought processes. So keeping your mind in check, which is super, super important. So journaling can help with that. Um, even I sometimes encourage people to set a prompt in their phone, um, like an alarm to go off to check in if their thoughts are positive or negative and to try and work on bringing those back um, and just, you know, a bit of self kind of exploration there. Then the next one is intention and that's just getting intentional with everything. So with your sleep and wait times, with your water, hydration, um, your activity, um, meal prepping and things like that, you know, just being really kind of intentional with what you're doing. Um, and then um, influence is a massively important one because we are so influenced by the environments that we're in and that can be in a cluttered space it can clutter our minds so the physical environment is important to keep like a tidy office space it's important to put things that inspire you I guess in your in your office I'm currently in a blank room because i did move my room around as i mentioned i was going to and i have yet to put things (laughs) on the wall behind me um but you know environment's really really important in in our mood you know it can make us feel energized it can drain us um but perhaps more importantly is people and people fall into environment and spending time with the wrong crowd uh, can be really dangerous because it doesn't matter how much work you do on yourself if you keep placing yourself in you know around unsupported people or or people that just aren't like-minded that don't get you like where you just have to keep constantly explaining yourself if you if people constantly don't understand you and you're constantly having to explain yourself then you start adapting yourself and you think do you know what actually maybe and it's effort as well maybe i'll just like fit in with these guys but that's not who you are so it's so important that you spend time with people that are like-minded and like seek out your tribe um as it were
0: yeah I I love that bit as well because I think you know on the journeys that we're on as, as entrepreneurs you know you, you want to be around obviously your friends and your family but you've got to you've got to make sure that you spend time with entrepreneurs and ideally ones that see your problems as small problems because they've already trodden that route because then everything gets a little bit easier and you can see that you're not the first one to try and do whatever you're trying to do. And, and certainly your surroundings in terms of people and your environment are massive. And I, I want to touch on, you know, your experience, you know, in your early twenties, but also recently when you've moved, because you spent your whole life, if I'm right in saying in London, right. And you've already spoken about how you could fall into the wrong traps, not necessarily in London, but just in general. Um, and, you know, you've made a, a move recently from London, you know, into the countryside. And and from what I've heard from you, it's benefiting you a lot, right. Your, your mental health and your space and, I, I, you know can you talk to that piece a bit around your, your environment now compared to London
1: oh my god a hundred percent I am just it's like nice. I I just love it here so I'm just outside of Bath 15 minutes from Bath which is yours I was gonna say, just for
0: reference you've moved literally from London to where I grew up and, and lived in the UK right yeah
1: exactly and I'm kind of like I mean people say I'm in the middle of nowhere I don't think I am. Um, I mean, my criteria was somewhere between London and Bristol, which is quite a widespread, up, you know, round there. Only because I've got a f- a friends Devon, friends in Bristol, and every opportunity I got, I would bundle the dogs in the car and come out this way. And my sister lives in Cotswolds as well, um, you know, for walks and things like that. It's cost me a fortune Airbnbs. I thought, you know what? London, I just I don't utilise London, and that in itself annoyed me. Having all this stuff in your doorstep that you didn't want to do, like it was frustrating. Um, so I was just like, let me just move. And I just absolutely, I just absolutely love it here. And it's just made such a difference because I can hear myself, I can hear myself think. And that's what I really struggled with. And because our environments are very triggering as well. So um, I heard something great. Someone said the other day that you can't heal in the place, in the same place that you got sick at, uh, sick in, um, or, you know, you got ill in. And yeah, and I was like, oh, it was yesterday, I was, I was, um, I, someone said that to me, I was listening on, a, on another podcast, and I was just like, it just got me got me thinking, and, and I'll be honest with you, like, I actually, and I'm still kind of going through it, and it's going to be a while till like, I come out of it, but I was completely burnt out when I got here, like, like numb, um, you know, motivation lacking, like, I just had no enthusiasm for stuff really I was I was hanging on by a thread um and I've kind of kept things going it was quite busy because I had stuff like from ha- just rolled over from last year um that I still need to kind of serve out but I really in a, only in the last couple of months and it takes a while to get settled in a new place have I managed to like create a bit more sort of space for me um but it's just made all the difference to just have that peace out here mm-hmm. and go on lovely long walks and um I don't know whether it's a dog but I used to just I would never go on a walk before maybe I feel like I was very outdoorsy as a kid and I feel like I lost my way in London I went you know the bars and the restaurants and the fanciness and maybe bit the designer labels you know this is quite a while ago and I think I probably got lost there for for a good while and I feel like I've when I, when I actually came here I felt like I'd been here the whole time it was really weird and so I'm just figuring this out now in my head it feels like I've actually come home in a way like I've come back to myself and that I've spent actually mm. a good number of years kind of getting lost um in yeah. London swept up by the busyness of it all and sort of you know going off in places that actually I didn't really want to go
0: I mean we see it you see it all the time that you where people you sort of you get to success or whatever your journey is and then you sort of you get lost with whatever's happening around you. So literally what we were just saying five minutes ago around, you know, you become or you, you are whatever your surroundings are. So if you're in London or, or we're here in Dubai and you see these designer labels, people drinking this sort of thing and these sort of bars, you just sort of join in. But actually, you know, I completely agree with you that that sort of wholesome place or, you know, something that resonates with you more deeply, like the countryside or wherever it is, outside, hiking, sport, whatever it is, I think you could you can sort of immediately realize or over time you can realize that that's actually what you want in life that's where you put your value and I think everyone comes to that you know recognition at some point, but it's just that journey you've got to go on to understand and to learn and to make those those wrong decisions and then they actually highlight the right decisions more so right so yeah, I completely agree, and I'd love to hear what some of the bits about you know your routine now in the countryside and how it's how it's different in London, what does it allow you to do? You've obviously mentioned walks, but is there other things that are easier or actually maybe harder, but you enjoy them more?
1: I think it's just, um, well, believe it or not, I enjoy London more. (laughs) Like I was back on Tuesday and I took the train. Like I appreciate things more. I appreciate my parents more because they're not on my doorstep all the time. You know, I get, I spend far more intentional time because it's not all the time. Um, You know, when you have stuff there, like you just don't often utilize it. You don't know what you've got until it's gone, right? You know, it's kind of that saying. And I think moving away um, I, and I'm back often and I'm on the road and I travel around a lot. And I think I think that's why it's so nice to have this little haven here to come back to. Um So, I mean, next week I'm going to go into London on the um, Friday because I've got a wedding in Suffolk on the Saturday. Um, but then I've got another event on the Tuesday. So I'm like instead of coming back and going back again, I'm just going to go stay down there for a week um which will be the longest i kind of stay but normally i'm going sort of three four days at a time you know i'm back and forth and then tuesday i love actually getting i love getting the training which i did on tuesday um because that hour on the A is quicker than driving and it goes straight into town. That hour on the train is the most productive hour that I like ever have. I just take my laptop <laughs> and I get so much done on the train because it's like, it's like time blocking, isn't it? You know, you're forced.
0: Exactly. You
1: know, you've got this set amount of time. So you're like, go, go, go. Whereas, you know, you sit down in your office and you're like, well, I've got all day and maybe I'll make a cup of tea and, you know, that kind of procrastination sets in. Um, yeah. sorry off on a tangent now. But, uh, yeah, it's just, um, yeah I think you know having this haven is just just really nice for me to kind of as I said before I like to go you know party and be the life and soul but then only a few days to recover um and so yeah. it's just important to have that to remove myself from the situation it just makes me appreciate seeing my friends more the events that I go to um and just appreciate other environments as well you know moving around
0: totally I mean we always think about environments obviously and literally moving or just changing the environment you are in just by moving your room around or by, you know, going to a different place to work it has a massive impact on you. And actually I'm really glad you brought up the, uh, the sort of one hour on the train piece because it, I love, so to get back to the UK from here is between a six and eight hour flight. And I was really annoyed when they put the wifi on the planes, because I love that time where you can't work. You just on your own and you're reflecting or you maybe watch a film, but how often do you watch a film without checking your phone or without having like a little chat in between You know, I think that time, like you said, to reflect and to just be on your own is actually something that we don't do enough. And, you know, we've got mutual friends that do really, you know, a lot of meditation. And I think if you just try and do five minutes meditation on your own, it's actually a lot harder than you think, especially to get into a routine of self-improvement is actually harder than you think. Um, And one of the other things that I've seen you say before is that true confidence and happiness can only come from the work you do on the inside not on the outside, which I think actually is really prevalent to this conversation because there's a, there's so much you can do on the outside to make you more confident, whether it's, you know, clothes, cars, trips, you know, posting everything you do on social media. But actually the stuff that you do on the inside that no one else can really see is what will have the greatest impact, right?
1: Totally. Um, and it's the hardest thing because it's so much easier to stick a plaster on it, isn't it? You know, than actually... Yeah clean out the wound or, you know, fix it, you know, if there's an, an, an injury or whatever, but yeah, it's just, and we, and this is the problem because we're, you know, before digital stuff was like in our face all the time, you know, we go out and we we have to physically open a magazine or look at a billboard to see an advert for something. But now we're literally bombarded with messages. Um mm. And, you know, it's not just one static advert, like you know well you'll know from from business in terms of like creating like these campaigns that kind of really like you know sort of work on you and and then you get shown these things and you know from uh what's going on subconsciously and the psychology of what you know these things are doing to you um it, it's it's dangerous we have to be really kind of mindful of what we're what we're viewing because we get led to believe that you know, we aren't worthy and we need these things, or that we aren't well and we need these things, when actually probably damn fine. What we need to do is just like shut out the noise and just tune in with ourselves because everything is pulling us away from ourselves in, in these in this world. And, you know, even socializing with friends is a great thing, but you're around other people and you're kind of picking up energies and you're picking up other people's ideas. Um, so I just think it's really important to to have that time with yourself whether it's journaling um well I think journaling is important anyway um but you know meditating or if you're like me and you're really crap at sitting still I just walk um and you were asking about like what my days kind of look like and I I think because the weather's so amazing at the moment we're having amazing weather in the UK like I just want to walk I just don't want to stop stop walking, um, and I think in terms of, you know, I'm, I'm healing myself a little bit at the moment as well, so just pacing around really helps me to get my thoughts kind of going, um, I struggle to sit um, down, and also like in terms of working, like I'll take my laptop around um, into different locations of the house, but also out as well, um, just like on the train, I am just could be a bit more productive, I get a bit stagnant in the office, which is why I've tried to move it around. And see if i can work here for a bit which will probably work for like two weeks and then i'll move
0: the room <laughs> again <laughs> but even, even like knowing where you think best is is self-reflection because you've understood where you and i'm exactly the same right so i know that if i go for a walk or you know in back in the uk if i was mowing the grass or something i know that i will have more thoughts and you you're benefiting from doing those things and, and walking's walking is a great example of that and i think there's definitely something to be said for the right amount of self-confidence because We've mentioned before about the abundance versus scarcity mindset, and obviously we can do better in life, especially as entrepreneurs, if we're in that abundant mindset sort of setting. But obviously, if you have too much self-confidence and you start to build an ego and you become arrogant, that obviously has a negative effect on most people. You know, some people make it work, but others don't like them. So it's not the place to try and be, but... Do you have some tips, you know, as this is your area of expertise for someone who is suffering from self-doubt or low confidence and how they can start to take those steps towards um, <laughs> being in a better place?
1: Self-awareness, just build your self-awareness and, you know, start somewhere. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, self-doubt. affects us all and it's important that we have it because otherwise we'd bulldoze our way through life um and you know make a bit of a mess so you know self-doubt is actually there to help us and also it makes us check if we really want the thing want to do the thing want to have the thing or whatever it is so it's kind of that check-in um and a bit like you know spoken about like imposter syndrome it's just a reminder of like how important is this to you and do you really want it? Um, and I think you can question when these feelings come up, these feelings of doubt, you know, question them. Where are they coming from? Where are they stemming from? And it's normally not the first thing that you think of, which is why writing things down, um, we'd have to use the word journaling, just get some A4 sheets of paper out. Um, and, you know, if it feels overwhelming, set just break it down, i.e. set a timer for five or 10 minutes um, and just start to unpick. And just see where it kind of gets you because you'll realize that there's like, you know, layers to stuff. And quite often a lot of our self-doubt is, you know, coming from beliefs that are rooted like way back in our past that aren't you know relevant anymore. And if we can call them out, um, and sometimes we can actually think of these things in our head, but it's not the same as writing them down. And when we write them down and we can see it as a physical thing in front of us and we go, well, this physical thing isn't relevant anymore you can kind of laugh at it and, and chuck it out of your system, where you where even if you realise in your head it's not a physical thing, so it doesn't quite work as well. So I'm just a massive advocate of, of you know, writing things down um, and just be, giving yourself the Spanish inquisition, asking yourself, like, well, why do I feel this way? And if it's like, oh, because of this, well, why do I feel that? And because of this, well, why? You know, why, what, when, asking these questions. And you can get to kind of the root cause of it and just destabilize um you know that kind of that belief or or the reason for that doubt that you have
0: it's interesting isn't it because that i i like exactly what you said and i think people should do it and a lot of people do do it and you know it's reflection is so important and also depends how, how you are as a learner so i know that i'm a reflective learner so that i know that i need to go back and look over stuff but bringing it towards like, the business side and you know in my corporate experience, we would never be allowed to just run a project and spend a million pounds on that on budget without reflecting on what's gone well and what's gone poorly. It's something that is so ingrained in, in a corporate. And then you look at you know entrepreneurs and their businesses, and most of them, not the ones that are doing well, will certainly run those sort of meetings it daily, if not weekly, just to look at, you know, what are we doing well? What's the strategy going forward? But actually let's look back and do a retrospective and say, you know, what what went wrong and why, and how can we learn from it? So to then move that onto an actual individual and say you should do it, I can almost hear people going, oh, it's a bit, it's too difficult though. And because you are literally challenging them to say, where did you go wrong? Or well, where can you improve? And that's such a hard thing for people to understand. They need to be held accountable to it. So one of the things we try and talk about with people is sort of the analysis of of what you're talking about there. So realise what the, what the issues are. Straight away, look at a plan. Build out a draft of a plan. Try and understand where you can you can improve and then sort of try and build in a system that will do it for you. So where, if that's journaling, like you said, you, you, the plan is to journal for a month or, or to you know, grow your business by this much in, a, in two months. Put a system in place which helps you do that and then find accountability. However you can find it, you mm. have to be held accountable because I think in this day and age, it's so easy just to, just to give up and just to not think about it and not see those immediate results. And we talk a lot about you know, um, delayed gratification in business. And that was what makes a good entrepreneur, a great entrepreneur, being able to wait to see the the, or reap the rewards of what they've been working on. And it's the same with what you're saying from what I'm hearing. If you if you can put the, the work in now on yourself and your self-confidence over time, that will compound and it'll only go one way, which is towards success.
1: yeah and it's like just start now don't waste any more time like doing it but you don't have to it doesn't have to be like oh I need a whole new lifestyle and a whole new routine just start building it in slowly like baking it in and just make a five minute habit you know even with people with exercise I'm like do a do five minutes of YouTube video the YouTube video may be half an hour the kettlebell workout do five minutes of it that's it you know and I know personal trainers that encourage people to go walk into a gym go on the treble for five minutes come out the gym, and that's that, you know, and just building that slowly. So it's not daunting, it's not overwhelming, it you don't feel like your um, identity is threatened, because our identity is tied up in our routine as well. Like, um, you know, so if you start, you start moving things around, you know, it's like someone coming into your house, and like moving all this stuff around, like, it's like, oh, no, nothing's in its normal place. And, you know, it's, it's not right. So just be kind to yourself. Um, and, you know, just understand yourself and just start baking in these little bits of um ways to improve your life and to help you understand what you're doing in your life as well like with these like kind of consistent actions as you said of like tracking or a bit of a bit of journaling um a bit of walking you know putting these things in and just documenting it but i, I just think with yeah with the as you're saying about the um kind of tracking in a way is like if you do even if journaling's hard because it can be like you open a blank page it's like well what do I write and you're kind of frozen again because it's a personal thing if you're reflecting on your company or how you did at work that's specific but it's like how am I you know feeling it's like whoa that's like where do I even start so even just setting yourself like five questions that you answer every morning um you know do you know how do I feel you can even make yourself multi-choice if you want you know how do I feel um what is the plan for today you know how was yesterday or whatever it was um and then if you answer those five questions every single day then you've actually got great and you've got clear succinct answers to reflect back on even like a sort of a year year down the line and that's you know only going to take you five minutes it's not like you going to sit there journaling for half an hour.
0: I agree. I, I love what you said there, bake it in. If you bake that into your everyday discipline, a bit of accountability, that's the way to do it. It's not one of those things that should be like a, a nice to have, but like if I can do that, I'll put that in today. No, if you just over, over a few days or a week, bake it in so it becomes part of what you do because you know it's self-development. So like you said, five minutes a day, but they could be the most beneficial five minutes that you spend in that day because that will compound over a month, two months, a year, two years, and it will take you to a better place. I think it's. I think it's incredible. And I read. Really, I love the the journey that you're able to explain, Camilla. I want to take you towards a tiny bit towards the end of this podcast about yourself. So, if you were going to have a full free day, how would you spend it? I can see you get a little bit nervous there when I said that you didn't know what I was going to come. <laughs>
1: <have> the options. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: A full free day. It's <sighs> you not, know Freddie. Like. This sounds so ridiculous. I'm so obsessed with where I live. Like, I just, I'd probably just be out walking, just like, just walking. Walking, walking, walking. I just love me walking at the moment. But if it's raining, then no. Um,
0: <laughs> it's, it's not just... raining in your in your ideal day, though.
1: No, it's not, no. My ideal day, it's not raining. Um, just some sort of adventure. And, you know, we've done quite a bit. The great thing about where I live now is that um, I've got easier access to the coast. Like, to Devon, that was the whole point. I mean, it used to take me like an hour to even get out of London. And the thought of that, you think, <laughs> oh, I'll just stay put. So, you know, going up to Wales, is like 45 minutes. Like, it's just, it's just so easy and down to Dorset. So just, yeah, a big day trip, just bundle the dogs in the car and just drive, drive somewhere and just go and experience a new place um, and explore. I just, I love exploring and adventure.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, we, One of the answers we've had to that on the podcast was they would just do exactly what they do every single day. They literally live their perfect life. And I think that is, that's a nice thing to say, but also what you said is, you know, it resonates with what I would do, just be out and about, walking. Yeah. That, that is literally what you try and fit in in your everyday life anyway. But if you had a full day free, why not? So what about a uh, a quote that you think about often that sort of inspires you or, or leads you towards what your greater mission is? Do you have something that you can you often refer back to? Uh,
1: I have loads constantly. I love a quote. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there is one, I think I even put it in the book, um, but it's, and it might, I might not even be quoting it correctly, but um, it's start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. And I think we can only, you know, we've got to the hardest part is starting anything and we can only start from, you know, where we are and with our thing, but we can build from there, you know? So if we Mm. can just do what we can at the moment with just the resources that we have um, and just make a start on it, then, you know, the next step, we we can get more skills, we can build more resources, we can, you know, go further, but we just have to start, I think. And that just always reminds me that you know, what can, it you know, it just makes me think like, what can I do in this moment? You know, what do I have around me? What am I capable of? Instead of going, oh, well, I'll do it when I've got X, Y and Z or I need this thing. It's like, no, what can I do right now with what I have?
0: That's awesome. I think, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, self-confidence was the aim of today's show to sort of to talk about it and explore it through your journey. And I think it's uh, it's been really, really helpful. Some great tips in there, some great action points people can take. Um, where can people find you, Camilla, if they want to learn a bit more about you?
1: Um, I am on the gram probably most of the time or than anywhere else. Um, so Instagram is at Camilla J. Collins um, or my home online, my website is camillacollins.com or com. actually. Both will, both will take you there.
0: Awesome, perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It's been amazing to have you on and uh, yeah, <laughs> hope to speak to you soon.
1: Lovely, I'll speak to you soon. Thanks so much, Freddie. And thanks everybody for listening. <laughs>